0: I hope that we will become better equipped to know that there is objective truth and what the evidence is for it. What the evidence is for the Bible and the trustworthiness of the Bible and what the evidence is for Jesus. So take this journey with me. I- hey you guys, this is Christy Young with The Gritty Gospel, and I am super excited to introduce Bite Size Apologetics where we study truth and pursue truth one bite at a time. The goal here is to learn about the evidence for the the trustworthiness of the Bible, the evidence for Christ, and the evidence for objective truth, because here's a little secret, it exists, and we all operate under objective truth every day under that reality. Uh, my My encouragement, my goal here, is to take all of these super complex ideas Because let me tell you, I'm a little bit of a nerd, you know, I love to read. And so I have been, man, feasting on this book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh and Sean McDowell. Oh, it's incredible. What can I tell you? It has a lot of big words in it and a lot of complex ideas, uh, but that are foundational for us understanding why the Bible is true and trustworthy. For appreciating that Christianity is a historical religion. It's based upon history, actual verifiable facts, and I'm just excited to put that on blast for us to talk about it. And kiddos, I my hope is to equip you to be able to go out into the culture, to appreciate what you believe and why you believe it, and that you can trust the Bible. We live in a post-Christian society, which means now that the predominant worldviews views. In the culture. there is Christianity is not a dominant worldview. We don't hold to a biblical worldview as a culture. In fact, um, as we discussed in one of my previous videos, now the predominant worldview really is a syncretist worldview, which means that w- that people basically pull from various religious philosophies and teachings to create their own worldview based upon what they think, what they believe, what their opinions are, preferences are. Um, in fact, oftentimes we can even create the God that we desire to serve or the God that we think that he should be. Um, uh, Under a syncretist worldview, we would just pull and create the God that we believe God should be. We don't actually look at the Scriptures to understand who God is, and my hope is that we will dig deep into Scripture in this series, that we will be able to look at the historical, verifiable facts About Christianity and about the Word of God because they're there so that you can go out into the culture with confidence and clarity and be able to evangelize and to talk to people about Christ and to be confident in your hope for eternity. I believe that one of the best legacies we can leave our kids is to know that the Bible is true and trustworthy so that as the winds and the waves of suffering hit them in this life, they can know that their hope is true And that their hope is based upon Christ who is who is real, who was real, did walk on this earth. Those are verifiable facts that he is who he claims to be and that he is our rock so that no matter what happens to us in this life, we will know the truth and be able to cling to the hope that we have to be with him for all of eternity. Okay, and then kiddos, can I talk to you for a minute? I want to equip you. That's my hope alongside your parents. That is your parents' hope. We desire to for you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And so can I tell you, this course also, I appreciate that some of you may not know whether you believe that Jesus actually lived, that he actually died, and that he was actually resurrected. And I love that. I get it that a lot of you may be processing what the Bible says and wondering whether it's true. I'm so excited you're here. And in fact, in my own children, they have questions and doubts and ponderings. Those are all such great things that we desire to cultivate in you as parents. And so keep on asking questions. And then my hope is that as we uh, delve into this course and as we discuss one bite-sized theological nugget at a time that you would begin to have your questions answered or that you would feel more comfortable raising questions with your parents because parents, it is so good for our kids to be able to discuss their doubts and their questions, their ponderings, things they marinate on and think about with us so that we can help them to find answers and to know where to go to find good answers. Here's one of the problems with the culture. One of the problems is that we have... Uh, information overload and that our kids have access to devices, to laptops, to phones, to all kinds of electronics that at, the, at, at a finger swipe, they can receive all kinds of information, false information, misinformation, uh, misquoted things, misinterpreted information. And so we need to be aware that our kids are literally able to feast on bad information. False information, and so we have to be combating that with truth. And then I want to encourage you kiddos that one of the things that I love about this book that we're gonna break down, we're gonna break these down into bite-sized pieces, but I use a compilation I want to let you know this from the beginning, parents and kids, I do not have any new original thoughts. I have, man, come up under the teaching of some really great people and read some really great books, God's Word, but other books that are have been like mentors to me. And I just want to impart the information that I have, that I receive. And so I'm super excited to do that. And y'all hear my life. This is real. I have kids in the background. I'm going to try the best I can for this to be clear and understandable. Uh, but this is, these are the kids I'm hoping to reach in my backyard, in my neighborhood, down the street. Your kiddos pass these videos along so that we can equip people all over the world is my hope. Uh, for children, especially, to be equipped, this next generation to be equipped, to be able to defend their faith. And that for us as parents, if we were never equipped, for us to get equipped, to come up to speed, to get a handle on apologetics. So I just want to reiterate, I am coming up under some great teachers. J.P. Moreland, and I love the editor, uh, John Basie compiled all of this information for No Be, Live, which talks about Gen Z and postmodernism and the culture that we live, that our kids are being raised in. Sean and Josh McDowell, which who did Evidence That Demands a Verdict, uh, Vody Bauckham has some great sermons on this topic on equipping ourselves. He was speaking, he speaks in college campuses and in church, like everywhere, you all know, and he's amazing, and he has talked a whole lot about how important it is for us to teach apologetics to our children. So these are not new ideas. In fact, I'm gonna read a quote in a minute from Wilbur Wilberforce, who I have mad respect for, and he lived in the 1700s. He was born in 1759, and but talking about how important it is, how imperative it is that we teach apologetics to our kids as consistently and regularly as we talk about math or science or history, we need to be teaching our kids apologetics and not only teaching them the Word of God to memorize, to come up under, to find that as balm for our spirits, but we need to be equipping them to know why they can, as almost foundational, before the Word of God or, uh, you know, really simultaneously therewith, we need to be, as we memorize Scripture, They need to be appreciating, we need to undergird why they can trust scripture, why the Bible is not a fairy tale, why we believe that it's not made up, why the historical uh, facts show that Christianity is a verifiable religion, that Jesus is, the facts show that he actually lived, actually died, and was actually resurrected. Those are so important because the culture is going to try on every front to erode that in our children. And in ourselves. In his foreword, To no Be Live, J.P. Moreland says this, anti-intellectualism has derailed the church from making disciples and has made Christian parenting less effective. We practice ostrich Christianity. We put our heads in the sand and hope that these ideas will just go away and leave us alone. And so this is not meant to be a dig at you parent. In fact, this is meant to be encouraging because we can all start now. The reality is that our kids' worldviews generally are are solidified um, or are cultivated by age 13. And so oftentimes, if we expect them to go to college and to take, take a course on apologetics, and that would be their apologetics teaching, man, we are sadly mistaken. That is, I mean, well, of course the Lord can work in that too, and I pray that He does. But we need to be equipping our kids at young ages. Uh, beginning as little as, we, as they can, as they begin to comprehend things and ask questions, you know, we need to be teaching them the Word of God and teaching them why they can trust the Word of God. Okay, I want to read this quote from Wilbur Wilberforce because he is so encouraging to me and he was uh, an abolitionist. He actually helped to abolish the slave or was an activist to speak out against the slave trade and then ultimately helped be a voice to speak out to abolish slavery. And he said this. He says this about apologetics, and apologetics, we're going to learn, is really the art of learning to defend the faith. It's, to, it's, learning, it's making a defense of something. We're going to talk about that in the next video a little bit more, but this is what William Wilberforce says. In an age in which infidelity abounds, do we observe them, parents, carefully instructing their children in the principles of faith which they profess? Or do they furnish their children with arguments for the defense of that faith? They would blush on their child's birth to think him inadequate in any branch of knowledge or any skill pertaining to his station in life. He cultivates these skills with becoming diligence, but he is left to collect his religion as he may. The study of Christianity has formed no part of his education, his attachment to it, where any attachment to it exists at all is too often not the preference of sober reason and conviction. Instead, his attachment to Christianity is merely the result of early and groundless preposition. He was born in a Christian country, so of course he is Christian. His father was a member of the Church of England, so that is why he is too. When religion is handed down among us by hereditary succession, it is not surprising to find youth of sense and spirit beginning to question the truth of the system in which they were brought up. And it is not surprising to see them abandon a position which they are unable to defend. Knowing Christianity chiefly by its difficulties and the impossibilities falsely imputed to it, they fall perhaps into the company of unbelievers. And and you guys, this is incredibly important for us to grasp. Wilberforce is saying that we literally equip our kids in every way to attain to a certain station in life we equip them with math and history and science and foreign language and piano and ballet lessons and art lessons and every kind of lesson uh, to help them to be well-rounded people who could be great public speakers who are know how to think on their feet or and how to interact and engage with the world and learn a good work ethic. However, (laughs) very obviously missing in their training if we call ourselves believers, if we are believers and followers of Christ, then very the, a gaping hole in their education is apologetics. Our kids, we have got to equip them to defend their faith because when our kids absorb the Christian religion and maybe adopt Christianity as their own because we tell them they should or because we read the Bible all the time or because they see their parents do it and then, then they've just we just assume that they're soaking it all up and that they're going to be believers, um, and I'm not saying that all of us think that, I'm just saying that that is a prevailing line of thinking in the culture that if we read our Bible to our children, then they will soak up the Word of God and they will follow the Lord. The reality is only God can do that salvation work, but one of the things that we need to make sure that we are doing is also simultaneously equipping them to defend their faith because there will be attacks on their faith as they continue to grow and to mature and to go out into the culture. If we have not equipped them to defend their faith, it is very likely that they will walk away from the faith. And then if we have not equipped them at all, and then they go out into the culture, into college, into school, into wherever, anywhere, Walmart, uh, and people begin to challenge them, challenge their faith, challenge the basis for Scripture, challenge the veracity or the truthfulness of Scripture, and then if all they ever have heard is now all the challenges to Scripture, the challenges to Christianity, and they begin to know it by its difficulties and the impossibilities that are falsely imputed to it, Wilberforce says, then they can easily fall into the company of unbelievers because they may feel like we don't have answers for their questions. They may feel like we would not be adept at answering those questions, and the reality is we might be, we might might not be, but I'm hoping that this course will help us to become better handlers of apologetics and of the Word of God and that we ourselves can become more equipped to defend the faith and that our children can become equipped to defend the faith so that they can with confidence know for themselves and to go out into the world, to go out into the harvest, to tell others about the truth of the Word of God and to be able to do it boldly and with confidence because they know, because they have studied apologetics, they know that the Word of God is real and true, verifiable, and that it is such good news when you have that kind of confidence in the Word of God. Then you can boldly proclaim it, you want everyone to hear it, you desire to go share the gospel because you know it is real and true. So these are three questions that I'd love for you to ask your quid, your kids. And kiddos, if you're here, Listen to these three questions. I'd love for you to talk to them with your parents. Talk about them with your parents. One, do you have questions about the Bible? Talk about it. Do you? And then be bold, kids. Tell your parents all about the questions you have. Because parents, I want to tell you something. Personal relationships are the best platform for spiritual growth you have got to be present with your kids and to answer their questions. And then even if you don't know the answers, that's okay. Tell your kids, I don't know the answers, but let's dig in together or let's keep watching this series together and let's see how many of our questions can be answered. And then if you have a question, please drop it below the video and I will make every effort to answer it on an upcoming video. So question number one, do you have questions about the Bible? Kiddos, do you have questions about the Bible? Honestly, parents may have questions about the Bible. That's so good. Let's start a discussion. Number two, do you believe the Bible is true or do you have doubts? That's a great question for kiddos because my kids could answer all over the place. Certain kids believe that the Bible is true, but then they also desire, they're excited for these videos, because I'm going to walk through it all with them, Just like you I hope will with your kids, I want them to ask questions. I want them to share their doubts because only then can that we begin to start from a place of right where we are to build truth on that platform. And then number three, do you feel comfortable asking me questions or voicing doubts related to the Bible or Christianity? I want us to be able to begin discussions and for if kiddos do have doubts, I want them to raise them. I want them to feel comfortable talking to parents. I'm excited for us to start discussions Uh, because that will keep the enemy at bay. The enemy would love for our kids to suppress their doubts and suppress their questions because they feel uncomfortable uh, addressing them or worried that parents, they would get disapproval from parents. My hope is that we can put out in the light all of our questions, all of our concerns, and then let's go to bat and make every effort to answer them. And let's study apologetics together, kiddos and parents alike. I hope that we will become better equipped to know that there is objective truth and what the evidence is for it. What the evidence is for the Bible and the trustworthiness of the Bible and what the evidence is for Jesus. So take this journey with me. I love you all so much. We'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. I love you all so much.